Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate, and I'm a homeschooling mom doing this homeschool thing right beside you. I don't have it all figured out, but one thing I know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Join me and other down-to-earth members of the homeschool community as we share the reality of what this homeschooling journey is really like. One of the best parts about homeschooling with sisters by your side is the encouragement and support you receive, especially when trying something new. My friend Jessica from the Waldock Way is so enthusiastic about my continuing this podcast that she's partnering with me to bring you every single episode of the podcast this season. I would not have been able to do this without Jessica and her family, and I am so glad that I get to partner with and share a homeschool business that I use and love. The Waldock Way brings you unique resources that help to ignite a love of learning in your children. Their products encourage you to follow your children's lead and to learn alongside them every single day. Waldock Way unit studies are so engaging. Every single one includes games and even YouTube videos to help your child learn and have fun in the process. Yes, Jessica is a friend and a homeschool sister. She's also an amazingly creative educator who creates products perfect for my family and for yours. As a thank you for joining me in this new season, Jessica is generously offering our listeners 15% off everything in the shop with the code SISTERS15. Just head to thewaldockway.com. Again, Sisters listeners will get 15% off everything in the Waldock Way shop with the code SISTERS15. Learn more at thewaldockway.com. Hey sisters, Kate here. I am back in your podcast app with a new episode, and this was such a fun conversation. Christy is someone who, when we found ourselves suddenly unexpectedly homeschooling way back almost 10 years ago now, I discovered Christy online and just immediately connected with her. So I feel like I've known her this whole time, and it was really neat to sit down face-to-face and have a conversation about our journeys. I hope you love it. Let's dive in. Hi, Christy. Hello, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on. I've been, I feel like I know you because I've been following you for years, and I'm just so happy to have you on and chat face-to-face. Yeah, me too. And I feel the same way. This is going to be really fun. So for people who don't know you, Christy is Christy at Kindness Mischief on Instagram, which I love because that's Mary Oliver, isn't it? Yes. 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 I absolutely stole that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family and why you started homeschooling and then we can get into the other stuff. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. So we are a family of five. We live in the Southwest. We're secular homeschoolers. So there's my husband, myself, and then we have three teenagers. Our oldest, Radley, is 17, and he's technically, if he were in school, would be in 11th grade, and he is actually our only kid that's homeschooling now this year. And then we have 15-year-old twins, Mara and Izzy, and they went to in-person school this year. And I attend a magnet high school and are in ninth grade. And why we decided to decide to homeschool. We made that decision after Radley's first grade year. So he came home for second grade and for a variety of reasons, but I'll share just like the two main reasons. He was at the time, like academically skill developing asynchronously. 
And it wasn't just, it wasn't a good fit for a traditional classroom. So for example, he had, was very advanced in his reading and verbal skills, and then really struggling with the amount of writing that was required all day long. And not just in language arts, just across every subject. And so that kind of mismatch of his skills, but also just him in the traditional classroom was negatively affecting his like self-confidence and his love of learning. So that became apparent as the year went on. And then near the end of first grade, he got sent home a homework packet that was different than weeks. And I can't remember what it was or like everything, the details about it, but it did have a really flexible framework. So he got a lot of autonomy and like the content he chose and then the method of output that he was to provide for his teacher. And we just had so much fun doing that packet. And I really seen him light up and I thought, oh, we could do this. Like we could do this all day. Him and I, every day we could do this. And I spent the rest of that school year just really deep diving into homeschooling and figuring out, could I do this? What would it look like? How does it work? And my one regret at that time though, is that I wish I would have brought Radley home right then and just allowed him this big chunk of de-schooling time. But I was still very much in that mindset that like grades have endings and they have beginnings and mm -hmm. would start in second grade. That was a main reason. The other main reason is that as a family, we really wanted to maximize our family time. So my husband travels a lot for work. And then when he is home, he has some odd hours. There would be days where they wouldn't get to see him at all, days in a row. And so that was another big thing, just the freedom of when we would do our learning so that we have, would have more options to spend time as a family. I love that. I think that's why I related to you so much early on, because we had a very similar, my, my oldest, same thing. And I didn't plan to homeschool, but I, it, after the first year, I was like, I should have just pulled him when yeah. it wasn't working. Yeah. And yeah. it's so neat to see that you can take a kid who's very asynchronous and you can let them fly where they need to fly and then work on some of those weaker areas, which we all have yeah. in a way that they're not going to be like highlighted like they yeah. are in school. Yeah. Just provide the scaffolding. So it doesn't feel as hard because nobody likes things to feel so hard. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that's why. And then we decided we would do it reassess year by year. Because at some point, those skills start to become, the gap isn't as wide for, not for every child, but for a lot of children, when they're six and seven, that gap mm -hmm. is there. So that's actually very common. But here we are, 11th grade, still doing it. Yeah. And so what's it like homeschooling high school? Because we got a lot of questions from very anxious moms and dads who it's, it can be scary to think about transcripts. What if they're going to college? What credit? Well, first of all, I don't want to speak for all homeschoolers and homeschooling. Mm -hmm. I really only have my experience and, and I only have one child, like two of my kids went to high school this year, but I will say that in our state, the, the requirements are pretty much none. So I have it really easy if that makes sense. But then again, if you have a child who wants the opportunity to go to college, you're still going to need to keep those records yourself. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? The day, what the day looks like? Yeah. Does it, yeah. What does it look like to homeschool a high schooler? Okay. This year looks very different than even his ninth and 10th grade years. If we're going to break high school up that way, because he's home by himself now. 
So in the first two years, there was a lot more collaboration and bouncing ideas and project, working on projects with his sisters that was just available, which is really nice. So shout out to all the homeschoolers, homeschooling only children or those yes. kids that are by themselves because it has its unique challenges. But there's a lot more independence now in high school. There, there's a lot less of that direct sitting down, doing math and language arts and all of that. There's just more independence. So it's more of a facilitating, supporting, driving around kind of responsibility now as a homeschool parent. So like, I'll just go through a typical day. Would that be helpful? That'd okay. be perfect. Right now with our unique experience, we get up way too early because my girls have to be to school at 6.50. So that's like a real bummer, but <laughs> so Bradley sleeps in though, because that's a gift of homeschooling sleep still. So as a high schooler, he still sleeps in a little bit more, which I fully support. And then, so I use that morning time just to get personal household tasks done. But then once Bradley is awake, our flow for our day is pretty typical, even though no day looks the same. He has some sort of time commitment that's either a, like an online live class or an in-person class. So he has something like that every day except Friday. So then he can work in all of his other learning whenever he wants throughout the day. Um, so then we have, we have afternoon activities. So we have some time anchors that, that are commitments that he is going to be at, but then it's a lot of independent stuff. And so that I'm there to support, like, for example, he does a lab with a friend for chemistry and sometimes they need help with the lab or they need help balancing chemical equations, those kind of things. That might sound scary. Like someone who has littles is listening and is, oh my gosh, chemical equations, but so they were struggling. And so I said, okay, I don't remember how to do this. So I'm going to need to read the chapter and watch the videos. And you guys just do something else for today. Hang out, have fun, play some video games. And next week we'll do this together. And now granted, if maybe I was like way more organized and I could have done that, but we're just not, we're just like this. No, is I love that you said that because in labs is another question, transcripts and labs, but yeah. that's the beauty of homeschooling, right? We can pause and we can learn it again. You, you don't have to know everything. I remember when we started out because we, we didn't plan to, and I kept thinking, well, what about, it's been so long since I did this stuff. How am I going to teach? And he's very mathy. I did well in math, but wasn't super mathy. Like, how do you teach a kid that's, you don't have to, you're you facilitating. You don't have to. Yeah. So there, and you don't even have to do what I did. You can outsource chemistry, right? So we can tell, let me just talk about math for a minute here, because the thing about math is that if you have been home educating since elementary, you don't have to start right at the beginning. And you've been doing math since then. When you get to algebra or geometry, it's not as hard as you think it would be because you're kind of reviewing throughout the years, giving yourself that foundation again, but you don't have to. There's so many more options now, I think, even since I started for just outsourcing, providing like right now this year, I didn't do, I didn't do math with Radley this year. For example, he's done two different maths. So the first half of the year he did college algebra through outlier. I don't know if you've heard of that. I've never not. heard of that. No. Okay. So outlier works with the university of Pittsburgh. 
So when you, and it's all online. So writing it's like, this down. Yeah. Write it down. Write all the resources down. This is going to be fun. So Outlier works with the University of Pittsburgh. And if you have a high schooler who's doing one of the classes, obviously they can get credit on their transcript for the class. So I can put that on his high school transcript, but he has a transferable college credit. Now he completed that class. He has three credit hours for three credits for, for that class that's online. It's not a hundred percent self-paced because there are dates when you have to take exams. Does that make sense? Go through it at your own pace, but you have to be ready for the exam at a certain time. So it's a really nice introduction for a homeschooler who needs a little bit more time or wants to do it maybe in the evening instead of the morning, but then might benefit from having that commitment of, I have to be ready for this exam. So he did that the first part of the year. And then he is doing Mr. D math. He's doing, pre yeah, he's doing pre-calculus now for the rest of the year until whenever he finishes it. So he won't probably finish that in May because it's an entire year is long, but that's the beauty of homeschooling high school. You can do that. Yeah. So that's an example of math and outsourcing and just different ways to do it. If you want, if you're, if you have a child who is ready for a college level class, then I'm like, I really encourage the dual enrollment, find classes where you can get, where you, they can get college credit and you just write it on the transcript. It is weighted differently though. It's weighted more. So I'm not positive about this, but I'm pretty sure that this college math class will then now be two credits worth of high school math. That's so, great. Yeah. So it's easy, easy energy wise for me, not easy on the pocketbook. Like you do have to pay yeah. more. <laughs> Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that I started out schooling math pretty early. I just found it a difficult subject to teach verbally because I was just taught you just do it this way. So, you know, it, I've, I, I outsourced that because it was just a pain point and, but it is, it's expensive yeah. to yeah, do so that. It it's absolutely a privilege to be able to out outsource. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> I want to be very honest about that. If we're going to take, there's always trade-offs, right? But if you can find somebody who might really love it or be great at it, you can do a trade, right? That's something that I learned from Julie Bogart, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody, cause you know, find somebody who will do that. And then instead I will teach history or philosophy or art. Also, I want to be completely honest here. My husband is just finished getting a certification, has taken college statistics and college calculus. He's an in-home source. Not everyone has that. So yeah. that's, yeah. So other people are going to have more hurdles than I have had personally, as far as that specific subject for high school goes. So I want to be honest about that. Yeah. So what, I know there's no typical day, but what is, what would you call your homeschool? What is your approach and like, how has it like changed philosophy? over the years? Yeah. Okay. I would say in the early years when I did that deep dive, Charlotte Mason really resonated most with me. The children are born persons, a feast of living ideas, short lessons, like all of that was like, yes, this will work so well. And, um, and then as the years went on, we gradually embraced more of a self-directed learning path. Although I don't think that they're in conflict. I think that there is much overlap. And, but really I am at home in any philosophy that encourages like a safe and inspiring place to explore. And also that just encourages freedom of expression and thought. 
Like I really felt like our home, I wanted our home to be a place where our kids could experiment with ideas and thinking and it be safe. I love that. What has surprised you most or what has been your favorite part of the homeschool? All right. I had a pretty good idea that homeschooling would be a gift for my kids. I did not expect how much of a gift it would be for me. I might tear up. (laughs) You just gave me chills. So homeschooling really gave me a bigger lens to view the world and the people with whom I share it. I, it challenged my thinking in a way that really pushed me to be not only a more critical, skeptical thinker, but a more flexible and curious thinker. Like I just was repeatedly humbled by the things I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? But also just the certainties that I had. I was like, oh, maybe I should hold all this so tightly, right? Yeah, I didn't expect that. I brought my kids home for them. And I am so grateful that they were, that every year, except for this year with my oldest, but for so, for 10 years, my kids are like, yeah, let's do this again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to learn this year? And it wasn't always easy. Like sometimes it was rough. Sometimes it was uncomfortable, but I'm so surprised by that. I did not expect it. It is such like a life-changing, it will be, but not to the extent until you're in it. Yeah. I knew that our time together would be so good and there would be just this opportunity for connection and adventure. I just didn't realize personally how much it would change me for the better. And yeah, that was a big surprise. Speaking of loud dogs, are you okay if we talk about the going back to school? Yeah. Yeah. Let's like, okay. Okay. So you and I are in a similar position this year because I think your family assesses every year, whether or not you want to continue homeschooling, which is what we did. And this year I have two in public school and you have two in school. What's it been like? It has been mostly good. It's, I was just DMing a friend on Instagram that was checking in and I summed it up this way that so much of it is good, but then my girls are also side-eyeing other things. And they're also pushing boundaries a little, mostly with the dress code. So they're like real, they're true homeschoolers and maybe little feminists. I don't know. So there are definitely things about school that we're like, why? And this is silly, but we knew that going in, right? As homeschoolers, you, you are aware of those realities, but I will say though, that there have been so much, there has been so much of it that just translates well to homeschooling. And also that just continues our family culture. We are lucky because they have an opportunity to go to a high school where they can pick a program. So for example, Mara is doing veterinary science. So they have chickens in a garden and the things they grow in the garden, the culinary students then use for the things that they make. So that has a very homeschool vibe to it. Yes, it does. Yeah. And so they're both in a video production class. And so they come home and they share their videos with us and they share other things they're learning. So it still has that very, my kids did have chunks of their day for years now where they got to pursue their own interests, but then come back and show the rest of us. So it feels like that, like they're pursuing their own interests. It's just for a lot longer of the day. And I have no, no control over it, which is fine. I don't need to have control over it, but that is, it's an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say it's mostly good. And for them, they have really loved it because part of the reason that they wanted to go to school, and this is going to maybe get into, oh, some more of the like challenges of homeschooling. I think that 
sometimes we don't always like to face. But they wanted a bigger pool, I guess, a bigger community to be able to pull from to find friends where they really felt like a deep belonging. And they wanted more diversity. And they wanted to be surrounded on a daily basis with people who thought different than them and looked different than them and had different backgrounds and experiences. And not that isn't possible in homeschooling. I'm not saying that. It's just because homeschooling is already a smaller group. It's just a numbers game. You And if we're really honest, there is somewhat of a lack of diversity in the homeschool community. And that depends on where you live, right? Mm -hmm. More than others, but that was big for them. They wanted to have a little bit more diversity and they wanted to have the opportunity to find friends that they fit where they really belonged. And that school is providing that for them. And that's hard to hear as a homeschooler, right? But it is. And, but that's our person, that's our personal experience. I don't want to say that is going to be true for everyone out there, but that, yeah. So it's yeah. been good. It's been good. Mostly it's been harder for Radley being home by himself. And we've really tried to supplement that by having, we have history class twice a week at our house where we have friends come over. He has a buddy coming over for the lab. There is several outside classes where there's interaction there, but they're online. But yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. How did you feel about it? Like I had so many feelings. Like I a hundred percent supported you. I have always wanted them to do what they want to do, but there's a lot of feelings. (laughs) Yeah. I really, okay. So I really miss those years where it felt easy but I like those younger years when you're doing a lot of read alouds on the couch, nature walks and documentaries and poetry tea times, all the things that look so pretty on Instagram and your squares, right? Yes. But that was changing as my kids were getting older anyway, as they were hitting middle school and they were doing some separating, finding their own interests, you know, whether that was through activities or friends or whatever. So that, that was changing. And I think that Although I didn't plan any of this, I do think that helped me transition a little bit better because it was a slow letting go of it during those times. But I will say that this year hasn't been easy for me personally. I think that the emotions have been really intense. I really do miss having them home. I don't like that feeling of not really knowing all the things that are going like I, it's it's interesting, right? Because I did give my kids, my kids had a lot of autonomy in our home. I still was observing it and seeing it. And so I was in the know. I feel like you have to let go of knowing all of the things. Things. And again, that's humbling, right? Mm-hmm. I keep getting humbled, but so yeah, that that's been hard, but also really proud. I'm really proud of them. Like they did this big thing and it was scary. They yeah. were really scared that first day, a lot of new things and granted my, they're not struggling likely or even socially, but it's those little things that you just don't know. Cause you never went to school and, yeah. and then they can be, they can, that can be you you have your regular teenage things that you have, regular stressors and all of that. But then that constant, what's that thing? I don't know what this is. And it's like a new, 
learning school because they haven't been in it. My yeah. oldest has midterms this week. So that was a big, have never done anything like that before. It was a really big deal and really stressful. Yeah. But, and also there's only, you only have as much time as you have to take those tests, whereas home you had a lot more time. So that's been an adjustment for them is doing, taking these tests in the time frame that's allotted. Yeah. And there's, it's hard as a mom, like you want to sweep in, fix certain things. And you can't do that even when you're homeschooling all of your kids. If you don't have kids in school, that's not a reality, but there's that tendency mm -hmm. to want to fix all of the little things that are happening. But yeah. Yeah. I like how you said that you don't know what's going on because I've been feeling that a lot too. It's just, and teenagers aren't supposed to necessarily spill their guts as soon as they get home. You yeah. know, it can be a little, there's, yeah. they hold things a little tighter because that's what you do when you're a teen yeah. and you're becoming independent. So it's weird to just be like, how was school? And there's nothing. Yeah. I will say though, that in my experience might be a little different because Amara and Izzy just tend to be super chatty. So I do hear a lot. Like I, the ride home, I am hearing all the things that happened. However, I think if Radley had gone to school, it might be a like, good, fine. Yeah. I'm or, mostly thinking of my son. Yes. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Or yeah, it was okay. Or it sucked. But no elaboration. <laughs> Where you're like asking questions and you're having to pull like word by word. <laughs> so I think my experience is a little different with school just because of the personalities of Mara and Izzy, right? Yeah. And how is it? I know that you mentioned keeping Radley involved in a lot of things because he's the only one home now. How is it for you to have one at home? Because I know for me, I, it was such a weird adjustment in the beginning because I'm so used to having them here. I'd almost like want to call upstairs and be like, oh, come see this. And it was just the two of us here. Yeah. Very quiet, calm, like very quiet and calm. I do personally, I do feel a little bit like, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm supporting Radley throughout the day. And sometimes it, sometimes I don't know what I'm going to be needed for. Right. So I do have to be available, but then there are chunks where I'm just not needed. And I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? And I do think that I'm going to start figuring out like what I want to be when I grow up. What am I going to yes. do after this? So I guess I would encourage other home educating parents that when you get to this stage where your kids have a lot more independence to maybe be preparing yourself for what you want to do at that time, because you will have more time. Like I do have more time and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be filling it with. So I do feel a little bit like, uh, what's the next thing? Yeah. It's also nice. I'm also taking this year a little bit as a breather because man, homeschooling, whoo. Like it's a lot. I didn't really realize how much I was doing until I wasn't doing as much of it. That's how I feel. And it, and this is going to sound, I don't want to, it's almost like a relief too. like yeah. the, that they're doing so awesome. Like they went off and it worked and they were okay. Yeah. And that I'm not doing some of the parts that I didn't like as much, you know, the like little power struggles with different personalities and things like that. There's I miss them, but there's also, there's pros and cons, I think for everything. Yep. Absolutely. For sure. I am taking advantage of this year to, to have that, to have that big exhale. I think that this year is a big exhale, but I can't imagine next year being the same way. I need to do something else with some of this time that I was using with everyone at home. And granted, I am teaching, I'm, I am teaching history classes twice a week, but that's like one class and then supporting other things. I just, I'm 
I don't know, but it was fantastic in the sense that like I read 120 books and I just spent all this time in my reading journal. So, you know, when people, when I share that on Instagram and people are like, oh my gosh, I'm like, listen, so I have two kids in school now. <laughs> it changes. <laughs> Let's be honest here. I'm not teaching multiple math levels, English levels and, and right. doing all this stuff and going to nature group. And I'm not doing all of that anymore. So yeah, there's so this I, whole yeah, I appreciate this exhale. I I don't want to have this exhale. I need to inhale at some point here soon. I don't know if you find this too. I was always up early, but having to get them to school or on the bus at this really early hour and my other one's still asleep. Yeah. And so it, even in the, that space, there seems like more time. The days just feel like yeah. So open. <laughs> yeah. Although because Mara and Izzy have, they have to be at school at 650. So pickup comes like soon after lunch. So I do feel like it's this, it's very time warpy, I guess, because, and on one hand, I feel like I have all this time. And then the other hand, I'm like, what am I, what do we do? Oh my gosh, we got to be here. So it is, it feels weird. I think it's because of the time things are happening. They don't, they don't flow with how the time used to happen for me. So yeah. And you would think we've been doing this since August, right? And I'm yeah. sitting here like, I can't get a hold of my flow. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and then my, mine are doing sports and then the semester changes and the sports yeah. change. And then yeah. everything is just, I feel yeah. like I'm a taxi. Like I need an Uber sticker or something. Yeah. Just yeah. back and forth. Have you... How do I phrase this? Have you gotten any feedback from members of the homeschool community for your girls going to school? Only positive feedback. I've, I've got some curiosity. I have people who don't have high schoolers yet, or maybe even middle schoolers, and sometimes want to chat about what's that look like, because maybe they're feeling out if that's what they're going to do. And then I've had a lot of who are in similar situations or chose similar paths. No, no pushback, nobody being hateful. I don't really have a lot of that. And I don't know if it's, I don't have a lot of people that are really following me. I'm, and I'm not out in the space, like super active. So I don't, I just think it's probably the nature of where I'm at, but nobody, I don't know. I think I've just surrounded myself throughout the years with people who just have more respect and understanding for different paths, right? And so if we're going to choose different paths while we're homeschooling, if we're going to look at the child that's in front of us and do what we need for them, and we surround ourselves with other homeschoolers that are like that, I think there tends to be more openness of choosing this school path because it fits into this other sort of thinking with the whole philosophy of follow the child in front of you and learn yeah. like, be a student of your child and what works for one kid might be entirely different than what's going to work for the other kid yeah yeah so yeah. I don't know I've I haven't had any negative experiences I haven't had any negative from people that I know <laughs> let's just say that but there has been a little judgy well, about tossing them back yeah, there might be judgment out there, but I'm not seeing it, right? <laughs> which is again, the nature of where I'm at in the space. I don't have a super, and honestly, my account was private for a while. It's public again, but I don't, I just don't have a voice out there that's so big that other people might be really saying anything. And if they are, if there's judgment out there, I'm not aware of it. And honestly, I really, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of have this. 
I am at this point now in my homeschooling and parenting journey where I just, it just oh, doesn't bother you me. froze. You're, I heard you're, I'm at this point in my homeschool. Oh, am I good now? Yeah. Okay. I'm at this point in my homeschool and my parenting where I've just not bothered. I'm not bothered by that. Not to say that I can't receive criticism. Like I do want to be open to some criticism, feedback or pushback. People who have some different ideas. I am open to that. But as far as like the judgment or any of the, these backhanded comments, like, yeah. The, I don't care. <laughs> I I feel the same way. And I love this stage where you think back to when you first started. And even though you knew it was going to be good and you were looking forward to it, there was a lot of just, I think, just worry. And am I doing this right? And is this going to work? This is mm-hmm. how we're approaching it. And it's just so nice now to be like, and I don't know if there's a lot of homeschoolers in your area. There's not many here. So it, there was a lot of, why would you homeschool in this district sort of thing? And oh, because the schools, because your school district is, yes. I, rem- yeah. I know. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. So why would you choose it? Cause the schools are so great. And things like that used to bother me. And now it's just whatever <laughs> you do you, yeah. I'm doing me. Well, I think you get more confident and comfortable and just at peace with it. The longer you go, because when you're starting out on any, in anything, you can't see how it's going to go. But now you've been ahead and you can look back and see, yeah, this was pretty good. Not that it didn't have its challenges or its drawbacks, but and you can look back and not feel you have the confidence. So what other people say is not, it doesn't affect as much. Definitely. Cause you've seen the many times that it's paid off and you have kids in front of you and they see anyone who may have doubted in the beginning sees that the kids are thriving with the way that you've approached it. What has been your biggest homeschool challenge? I think I shared from my kid's perspective a little earlier. And then, so from my perspective, I would say that I think the biggest challenge is maybe similar to theirs, but also just, I wish that there was more honesty in general. This is why I appreciate the question. What's most challenging? I wish we talked about this more openly because, and I get why we sometimes don't because we are in this where we feel like we need to educate people who are on the outside of how homeschooling does work and can work and all of the social opportunities, right? We're doing a lot of that. So we're almost in this defense position a lot of the time. And then you combine that with maybe some positivity bias and some confirmation bias. And sometimes our skewed, our thinking can get a little skewed and, and we might miss something like maybe in our own homes, but maybe not, maybe just in a larger community. So I think that's the challenge. We tend to have positivity bias and talk a lot about the things that are working because we need to, right? But when we don't take the time to have the awareness of where the challenges are and to talk about them or to listen, like maybe we're not having that challenge, but to listen to other homeschoolers who are, if we don't do that, then we miss the opportunity to do better for our own kids or for the community on a whole. So I think that has been my biggest challenge. I do see that, that, that tide changing though. Like I, I do see more homeschoolers just talking about it, but what I would love, love, love to see is homeschool alum have a, a bigger voice in the community. Now I follow some like second generation homeschoolers and that is fantastic. And, but not even alum, maybe alum that haven't chose to homeschool or they don't have kids yet of their own. Like just, I think we should amplify those voices because they're in a, they're well positioned to bring some innovative and I don't know, just ideas that can support 
the individual kids, but also respects the family culture, right? Mm -hmm. Listen to both the positive and the negative stories. So anyway, that I wish we had more of that. I love all the, I love all the moms out there. I love how many homeschool moms are out there and the different ways they're doing it and how they're sharing. I love it so much. I just, I wish we could hear more from the kids who've been through it. I love that answer so much because I think about that all the time. What will they, like, I think we had a really positive experience overall. Were there challenges? Sure. But like 10 years from now, what will they remember and what will be the thing that they really liked about it and the things that they could have done better there? I would love to hear those voices. Yeah, because even this, we talk a lot about success stories in which we absolutely should. But even within those success stories, those people have had challenges. And I think that let's hear about them. But then maybe we hear some of the not the stories that aren't successful, not because I think that most of the people that I have had opportunities to be with around homeschooling are just fantastic. And their homeschools are so cool. And I love what I'm seeing. But sometimes when that's our experience, we don't realize that not every homeschool child is having that experience. So listen to how can we support families, homeschool families that are struggling in maybe greater ways? What can we do as a community? Yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say something else? I love that. Just more transparency. What... Is there anything in your homeschool that you sometimes feel guilty about or wish you could do more of? I feel a lot of guilt, but guilt, unnecessary guilt about the impossibility. (laughs) The possible things like all the books that we didn't get to read. I feel a lot of that guilt. So I'm recovering from feeling guilt, but I do. There is some legitimate guilt that I could be honest about for sure. So in my kids' younger years, I wish I would have embraced this, this idea of encouraging them to, I don't know how to phrase it the right way. I guess when they were young, I did a lot of teaching them absolutes about unknowable things. And, and then as the years went on and I just started being more curious and flexible in my own thinking, I really wanted to support an environment where they could like objectively and safely assess the merits of all ideas and all beliefs and come to their own judgment. But I didn't really give that to them in those early years, I had my ideas about things. I had my beliefs and I taught them as this is it. So I just wish I would have had healthier conversations around that when they were young, young, just, I believe or think this because of this, other people believe this because of this reason, but you are safe here to come to your own conclusions. And it's okay. If you don't know right now, it's okay. If you change your mind. And if you think or believe different than me, that I love you. And I think that my guilt is that I didn't do that sooner. I love that. And, but I think part of it too, is just our journey. Like mm-hmm. we made, cause we're, we weren't there yet. So we are, it goes back to what you said about the biggest benefit of homeschooling. When you look back at it is the transformation of yourself and how much you've learned and how your thinking has changed. Uh, I can really relate to that. So maybe that's guilt about the impossible too. Maybe it was impossible for me to offer that because I wasn't there yet. So guilt is a hard one, right? It is. It is. It really is. I could relate to the books too. I think about that too, like the field trips that there's, I wish we had gone all these other places that, you know, and then 2020 messed up a whole bunch of, oh. you know, shook it up. And we didn't have control over so much no. of that either. And yet we feel guilty about that. Mm-hmm. I do feel guilty about that time and things that my kids missed out on or, but 
it, am I responsible for that? No. Nope. So yeah, it is. Guilt is a tricky one. I think all parents are in that, like we're, we have to step back and say, okay, is there a legitimate guilt to feel about this? Because sometimes we do want to assess and say, okay, I need to make a change in this area. That's reality. But so mm-hmm. often there was maybe nothing we could have done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel guilt about the curriculum that came out after my kids were aged out of it. <laughs> I'm like, yes. That would have worked so well for her. <laughs> yeah. It's just silly. It's just silly. Oh, it's so great. What is one word that you would use to describe your current homeschool year? Oh, bittersweet, bittersweet for sure. Same. I don't know about you, but I'm, ha- I'm like so acutely aware of how much older they are. And like, when you look back and I'm like, we've been homeschooling nine years and that felt like just a minute ago, mm-hmm. then you've got like a freshman and there's three years left. It's just, yeah. it's a weird time. It's oh, really yeah. cool. And it's, oh yeah, I'm, I'm bittersweet. On going down like the picture rabbit hole, like all the time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Every morning on Instagram, I'm like, what are you going to serve me up? Yes. yes, You do that all the time. You're like five years ago, four years ago. And part of me is, yes, I'm like that too. But then I'm also thinking, oh my gosh, what torture she does to herself every single day. (laughs) It's part of my morning routine with all my empty space. It's like voluntary torture you do. (laughs) (laughs) I do. What's wrong with us? I'm like, it just felt like a minute ago. And it's so neat to look back and see the things you did then when I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I never knew a homeschooler. So it wasn't. Yeah. It's also a good recipe to not feel the guilt to go back and take a look because sometimes we think we didn't do these things. And then we look back and we're like, wow, did we really do the things? Did we read the books? Uh, We played the games, like literally all of it. Yeah. And you notice, I don't know if you notice this too, but I'm constantly thinking this year when they're in school and they're enjoying it and I am hundred percent supportive, but they will make comments like there's no, remember, like I read so many more books last year. Mm -hmm. And I think about all the books that for all those years that they were able to read, discard Mm -hmm. if they weren't interested, rabbit holes, all of that, all the time we spent outside, all the time they spent playing, like just open time that we had together yeah just like that they weren't I don't know what I'm trying to say I just I'm really grateful for the time and very we've just been there's so many jokes they'll come home and be like they asked this question on the midterm and like that laughing like you have there's hoops you have to jump through and you're not in public school there's still (laughs) going to be hoops you need to jump through in life you just do it because you have to do it so yeah, we been... talk about that playing the game. Sometimes yes. you have to play the game. You don't like the rules, but you can't change the rules if you're not involved in the game. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's. It, I will say though that is actually a benefit. One of the benefits from Mar and Izzy going to school is that they've been able to see, I think, themselves how much a gift homeschooling was. Like they didn't really have anything else to compare it to. And as far as like the book, the reading of books go, I don't think they realized how much of an opportunity, how much time they had to really read till they went to school. And then they, I think it was, I right before we left for Christmas break, they're just kind of lamenting about the fact that they don't read anymore. And I guess part of me could be upset about that and be like, read more books. Why aren't you reading more? You used to read all the time, but I like that they felt it themselves, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. And so for their birthday, which their birthday is, was this month in January, got so many books. They got books from friends. They picked out books with their money. Like we went to the bookstore and been doing a lot more reading. So I actually love that. I love that always with kids, like instead of us having to point out why this is good, why this might be healthy, but like them coming to that conclusion themselves. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. And he, so he's reading To Kill a Mockingbird in school and he already read it and enjoyed it. But he's, I feel like we're beating a dead horse. Can we stop talking about chapter five? And like this quote, he was like, I don't think I would have liked the book had I, this was the first time I encountered it. And I was just, it's just interesting. And how conversations don't really count in school. He was like, oh, we have to write all these things down. And in school, in homeschool, we would just talk about it and you'd be like, yeah, he understands the book. And yeah, talk about it throughout the day. And yeah, it is tedious. It's tedious and it does turn kids off. Absolutely. You can see there's a lack of time, but then there's also this lack of enjoyment sometimes around reading, which Okay, this is a fun little thing about homeschooling high school and like the younger years and a holdover, if I can share it. It's about yeah. we, as like lovers of Charlotte Mason, we did so many oral narrations. And then those oral narrations, sometimes they were very intentional, but a lot of times we're just discussing a book, like very much read aloud revival style, right? Yep. And we had a lot of that in the younger years that now they're we Radley and I have a check-in on Friday and we were more intentional about what happened throughout the week and checking science assignments and all that. But throughout the week, I'm not really asking those questions. It's just so natural. It's just like, he's another human being, like a, a young adult, adult per se, coming down and telling me about his book and like what it's about, but also then connecting it to maybe something else he's reading or something that's ha- happening in current events. And I'm not doing anything. I'm just listening. So those like younger years habits, they do pay off. Like you do get the rewards and the benefit and the payoff from them later on when you do put that work in when they're younger. So I kind of love that about high school. Like I don't have to do a lot of work, but I'm still (laughs) reading those benefits and still listening to the book and yeah, it's just such a cool age. It's teenagers are cool too because you can read the same books. Like I, I read the Anthropocene reviewed by John Green, and I'm like, Radley, I think you'd love this book. And Radley's reading. We did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love this part of having teenagers. I, I'm glad that you said that because we get a lot of people that are, I think a lot of people have negative views of teens or tend to talk up the hormonal piece and, yeah. you know, that. But they're so cool. They're such interesting humans and unique little people. It's really fun to see them. Yeah, it is. It's really, it is cool. It does have a lot of benefits, but I will say it's a sick joke that like teenagers go through hormonal changes at the same time that like moms go through. Yes. Why? Or peri- I guess the correct term would be perimenopause, right? Cause like, why is that? Sometimes I'm sitting here and I look at myself, like the way I have felt through the day, or maybe the things I've said and done. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're supposed to be the adult. What is wrong with you? Same. So like our kids could say the same thing about us. Like our kids when yep. they're teenagers could look at us and be like, yeah, I really liked it better when she was the parent when I was a kid, <laughs> little kid, because what is wrong with her now? <laughs> it's so true. And sometimes I find myself in those moments when you're like, after the fact, you're saying who is the parent here? I'm thinking like, is it me? Or is it the person in front of me? Who, where is this coming from? Is it both of us? I don't know. But it is like, why is it set up that way? We already have to deal with monthly 
stuff. And now this is going to coincide with puberty. Yeah. I don't want to blame it all on little stuff. I will say sometimes I'm like, what is wrong with me? So I, that's a very real thing that we should also be talking about, like not just as homeschoolers, but as parents that it is, it's a tough transition as the adult in the family. So it is. <laughs> okay. We do that around the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> But it is what it is. Yeah, we'll, it is. We'll, we'll muddle through and laugh yeah, about it later. We'll just do a lot of apologizing. <laughs> We're just practicing our apologies. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to be the grown up. <laughs> <laughs> so relatable. I'm going to switch to rapid fire. Okay. Um, yeah. So coffee or tea? Mm, both, but if I have to choose coffee. Same. Nature walk or documentary on the couch? A nature walk. Up before the kids or let me sleep? Let me sleep. Video games, yes or no? Yes for my kids, no for me. And what's bringing you joy right now? Oh, what's bringing me joy? My reading journal and sharing. I'm in three book clubs. So my book clubs I'm in, my reading journal. Yeah, just bring me so much joy. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you about your reading journal. So before we go, could you share in case anyone doesn't follow you on Instagram? Because it's amazing. And last year was extra, super amazing. I know because (laughs) I had a lot of more time. So again, just like I stole my name from Mary Oliver. Wait, can we just say that poem really quickly? Because I feel like it's like the whole thing. So it's not very long. Gosh, I hope I remember it now. So I believe in kindness, also in mischief, also in singing, especially when singing is not necessarily prescribed. So I don't know if there's anything better to sum me up than that poem. So I'm like, totally stole it from Mary Oliver. (laughs) Anyway, so Mary would have approved. So I will say that I got a lot of my inspiration for my for laying out my reading journal from her name is plant-based bride. She's on YouTube. Definitely go check her out because that's where I got a lot of my inspiration from. And she has one for, I think three years in a row. So super fun. Yeah. So that, so I just decided I wanted to have a lot more fun with my reading, but also the, I think for maybe two or three years, I was doing really poorly at my collecting quotes. And I really love that because then I would want to go back and I, I didn't write them down. And those were my two main objectives. I just made a book bracket to have a monthly winner and then a yearly winner at the end. So that was fun and a reading bingo and chronicling or documenting, I guess, the books that I read in each of my book clubs. And, and then I put every single book in my reading journal. So just printed off the cover image with a little sticker and put the rating under it, like little stars, and then either wrote about my thoughts about the book or just pick some quotes for all the books for the year. And then the stats. Oh my gosh. And this is it's like, amazing. Okay, if you are this kind of person, but the stats were so fun. I would list the genre and how many five-star books, how many four-star books, that sort of thing. And then the author's identity, their ethnicity, where they're from, 
um, their gender. And then also whether I read it on audio ebook or a physical copy. So all those things, or if it was young adult or middle grade, and then I had that monthly, and then it was really easy for me to calculate my stats for the whole year. And that's, that's just so fun for me to see. What did I do? Cause I don't set out to do anything mm-hmm. specific, I like to go back and look and see what my reading life. And like, how has it changed from year to year when you're doing the stats? Oh, I've only been collecting stats, I think for three years. I'm trying to read more diversely now topics. I've always read diversely as far as topics go. I like to read about several different things all at the same time. I think that's a very Charlotte Mason thing that I experienced with my kids when they were little. And I was like, oh my gosh, just live this way. You read multiple books at the same time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then when your brain like connects them up, it's Yeah. But just more diversely with the authors, I'm trying to read more diversely with the authors and I just want to have more fun. If that means that I read a ton of rom-coms, then that's what I'm going to do. I love it. Yeah. I read a lot more fiction in 2022 than I have in past years. I'm definitely more of a nonfiction reader, but that was one of my goals was to just have more fun. I love it. And I, it's been so good to talk to you. I've yeah, this was fun. It was good to sit down and thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Take care. Thank you again. Bye, Kate. Bye. Hey sisters, Kate here. As a lifelong gamer, school psychologist, and homeschool mom, I have witnessed time and time again, the power of play when it comes to learning. In fact, I truly believe that homeschooling can be almost all fun and games. Now, does that mean it's gonna be all sunshine, rainbows, and laughter? Heck to the no way. But I do believe we could all be having a heck of a lot more fun. A playful mindset can transform your homeschool routine and your family life. The best part? You don't need an overflowing game closet to get started. You can be a game schooler today with just a deck of cards, and I'd love to show you how. That's why I created Never Bored Learning. Never Bored Learning is a private online community for creative parents and educators who embrace play-based learning and game schooling. The goal of Never Bored Learning is to play more and learn lots in the process. Your Never Bored Learning membership includes access to monthly guest speakers, live Q&As, monthly day-in-the-life family spotlights, and an ever-growing library filled with printable resources, including documentation resources, challenges, and -and print-and-play games and activities. But the very best part of NBL is the private online community forum. This is not a Facebook group, and it is hands down my favorite spot on the internet. The community is a vibrant one, filled with creative parents and educators. I wake up every morning before my kids, I pour myself that very first cup of coffee, and I hang out in the MBL community forum. It's my favorite way to start the day, and I'd love to see you there. If you'd like to learn more about Neverboard Learning, visit neverboardlearning.com. That's N-E-V-E-R-B-O-A-R-D-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G.com. And if you're not ready for a monthly commitment, but you're interested in getting your feet wet with game schooling, I invite you to sign up for our free seven-day game school kickstart, which you can find on mylittlepoppies.com, or enroll in our digital course, Game Schooling 101. 
I can't wait to show you the power that play can have on your homeschool and family life. I wish you a play-filled year, sisters. Chat soon. Bye for now.